What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. All right. Welcome to the Friday Show. Happy Friday, everybody. We've got a pretty fun game to recap. This is Russell Wilson. Uh, going to be QB1 this week, or can anybody top his 37 fantasy points? Then we'll take a look at the NFC home games, plus that Cincinnati-Arizona Cincinnati, game. Uh, are you starting Tyler Eifert and Auden Tate this week? Really? Well, anyway, we got to say hello to Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. So, guys, do you think anybody will top Russell Wilson's 37 fantasy points, or are we looking at QB1 last night? Somebody will top it. There's only one guy who I think can top it, and it's Patrick Mahomes. I think Watson will be better than him. Uh, Chance Wentz is better than him, too. That's yeah, that's a lot of fantasy points. It was a pretty good game. All right, we got a big show today. We got a lot of news. We got this Stefan Diggs drama to talk about. We have the worst tweet in What he- drama? There is no drama. There's no... What? There's no drama. There's some drama nah, there. everything's fine. Everything's fine. All right. Well, I'm glad I traded Excited to see Saquon Barkley? What the... How is he doing this? He's a He's freak. Wolverine. Yeah, he's, he's an Avenger. He's a freak. It's crazy. That's the nickname Tommy Tran gave him way back in the day, before he was even drafted. Okay, I like it. I got a couple players with very, very interesting schedules coming up, but let's talk about last night's game. Seattle 30 and the Rams 29. Brandon Cooks was checked for a concussion, so that's a big part of this as well. And DJ Fluker, Seattle offensive lineman, he left in the first quarter. Uh, but... Jamie, off the air during the mic check, which we don't usually take very seriously, you said something about Jared Goff. Did you mean what you said? Yeah, he's one bad game away from being dropped. I mean, he's uh, he's been struggling. You go back to uh, their bye week last season, and he has not been a good fantasy quarterback. And so when you start to look at if you picked up Jacoby Brissett and he has another good game and you need to make a roster move, if you have... I don't know if Gardner Minshew is somebody that comes off having another good game, you know, which would be four of five with 20 more fantasy points. Um, there, there. I'm, I mean, I'm going, you know, on the on the low end scale clearly, but uh, it's just he's not producing and he's not producing consistently. And so last week he threw 68 times and he got you 24 fantasy points out of it. Last night he threw 49 times and he got you under 20 fantasy points. So, um. It's uh, it, it it it's a frustrating situation if you're the Jared Goff owner. If you saw him on the waiver wire, you 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 would walk right past him. No, it's not a it's not in a vacuum. I think it's it's case specific, but um, it just depends on what you need. You know, if if you're you're now at the point where you know what your fantasy team looks like, 
and the guys that are popping up on waivers that you're going to need and and positions that you have to fill. And so if you need a quarterback and he's there, sure, you'll probably pick him up. But I think, you know, right now, looking at their game against the 49ers next week, that it's not going to be an easy matchup for him. Nope. And he's not playing great as a fan. I mean, look at this. This is now, uh, what, 117 passes in, in the last two games? That's exactly right. 117 passes. He's for thrown for over nearly, 900 right, yards. For, for over 900 yards. Right. And he's come away with three touchdowns. He's got now, I think it's 10 turnovers on the season. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not clicking yet. Now, it will come. I don't, I, I month, don't know, I don't know, man. Like I thought. Well, I, I mean, the t- the touchdowns will come. He's right, not going like, to throw hundred something passes. And if that's that was the a case, touchdown, then why would you let him go? Guys, he that was a touchdown to Gerald Everett. Like, and then Todd Gurley gets the one yard plunge. But if they had reviewed it, he's probably got a twenty five point game, and then maybe he doesn't throw that interception. Well, that interception wasn't his fault. He could have had a twenty seven yard game. I actually thought after the first quarter, it was a little shaky. I thought Goff played great. I thought he played great. I I came away really encouraged. The, the, fir- the first quarter, the first quarter was terrible. Right. Uh, the last week's game was terrible. Right. And, Agreed. And and then he started to play better. It's also look. He he has a bad history in Seattle. He's now played four times in Seattle. He's never had multiple touchdowns in Seattle. He's got the Niners, and then he's at Atlanta, and then against Cincinnati yeah, and London. Light, light it up. I mean, I Hopefully, I came away encouraged. I, I, I started. I had a feeling about him. Be, the reason why is he is throwing the ball so much. Jared Goff has thrown 38 or more passes in four or five games. It took him nine games last year to throw 38 or more passes. They don't, they're not running the ball as effectively. This is four straight games for Gurley with less than four yards per carry. He basically had one good quarter against the Panthers, and other than that, he's been a slug. Sorry to say it, but... I thought he, his first half last night was good. Yeah, fine, I thought he but, started fine too. But 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 again, but it's four straight games with less Breaking than four down. yards per carry. He's not making big plays. They are throwing the hell out of the ball. And if Goff keeps doing that, I just feel like there's no way. I I don't disagree with that. He will be dropped. But for me, I will ne- I will not drop Jared Goff. I still have faith in him because I think last you guys, night. You, he, are you going to start him next week against San Francisco? Yeah. Well, let's see. What, let's see what San Francisco does this week. I'm not convinced about their pass defense, but yeah, I think I am. It's a home game now. If Brandon Cooks doesn't play, maybe not. You know, we saw how bad. Doesn't matter. He, Gerald Everett was great. <laughs> let's get let's get past Jared Goff then and talk about Gerald Everett. Uh, career game for him: 136 yards, seven catches on 11 targets. It was him who had that catch that was down at the half yep. yard line, right? Yep. So, so he 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 was just breaking tackles all over the place. He was a yes. monster. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam. He and I went back. I looked at everything like you after just, the you cup just injury. Ask yourself a question. <laughs> After the that? cup injury, like he wasn't really very good last year. I, I went to say add him, not Adam, but yes, add him? Question mark. I think so. If if Cooks is out, you know, this is uh if if this is what you expect this Rams offense to be, where it's thirty, what'd you say, thirty eight? Thirty eight or more yeah, past ten four or five games. That's so, a lot. So if it's 30, but... 30, 38 or more, last two weeks forty nine or more, um then they're all options really outside of Josh Reynolds. So, you know, Tyler Higby had, what, three catches? I think he had four. Four three catches. For, three for 47 on three targets. He three had for 47. For he had over 40 week. yards second So, week. So, you know, he's, he's on the lower end scale as well. But I, I think if, if, you're, if this is now two weeks in a row of heavy involvement for Everett, that if Cooks is out, they're clearly showing that they're going to use him a little bit more. And, you know, he's not going to do this again. But at some point, it's going to be, okay, it, it goes from scoring a touchdown in week uh, in week four to nearly scoring a touchdown and going over a hundred yards in week five 
to maybe it's, you know, five for 60. And that's still not bad in PPR at the tight end position. So, yeah, he's absolutely worth adding. Dave, Carson or Gurley rest of season? Carson. Mm. Easy. Hey, you know, I thought I thought Penny might have more work this week, and Carson got 20, what, 22 carry? 27 carry, sorry, for 118 yeah. yards. Gurley mm-hmm. did score two rushing touchdowns for the second straight week, so at least there are positive trends for Gurley, right? Well, the positive trend is that he's scoring touchdowns. And playing a lot. And as long as he... That's true, too. He played 93% of the snaps. Yeah, Malcolm Brown was a non-factor. Season high for him. Usually he's right in that 70% range, so... It's strange that they continue to limit his carries, I guess. Well, I mean, 50 50 carries is is not bad. You know, I mean, it's not not, not great, but it's not awful. I thought the fact that they went away from the passing game after what he did a week ago, and Mm -hmm. you still had Goff thrown 49 times. Yeah. You know, so that was a little bit underwhelming. But, I mean, you know, this is still an offense that's going to move the ball. It's still an offense that when they get inside the five, you see see what they're going to do. So, you know, his touchdown floor is still there from where we saw him a year ago. It's the the production on top of it that the ceiling has come down. 14, 16, 14, and then only five carries against Tampa Bay. And I think you're the one that noted that he – didn't get a lot of work because they had the short week and they wanted to. I just wonder if that if that was the case, it but it was also the the score. I mean, you know, they were down twenty one nothing, so sure. you know, it's not like you're going to line up and run the ball. And he then just, fifteen carries again on again. I I had this conversation with Pete Prisco uh, last night during the game that um, <laughs> go ahead. They uh, <laughs> you know, he has this uh this complaint about Leonard Fournette and running backs like that that they run to contact and they don't make people miss. And I I said to him like. Aren't all the same complaints you have about Fournette applying to Gurley right now? Like he's just not making people miss. It makes sense. And, yeah. And dragon defender. He's uh he's he's not the same runner, you know, whether it's the knee or whatever. I mean, it's easy to say it's the knee, but the offensive line is not good. It's a bad offensive line compared to where it's been. And that's also contributing to Goff. He's, you know, throwing on his back foot a ton. He's not, you know, the throw to Robert Woods out of their end zone. You know, he he doesn't usually miss that throw. You know, the 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 quick crossing route, you know, uh, that would have probably got him a, a big chunk play there. Um, he, he, you know, he's he, under throwing a lot of throws, but, but in terms of Gurley, he's just not getting holes. And so, you know, it, it's frustrating to watch him run because if you were to say 15 carries, yeah. you probably would have thought 80 yards, yes. 75 yards, yep. you know, in, in that range. And well, that's what like he I had. said, the no, first he, th- he had, uh, Oh no, I must've written it. What did he have? 51, 51 yards. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, 51. yeah. But in the first half, um, because Pete had made a, uh, a call on our, our CBS Sports HQ show on, on Monday that he goes, he goes, uh, Gurley's going for 100 in, in the short week and, you know, shutting people up. And he was averaging 4.4 yards per carry at the half with the touchdown. And, okay, this looks like the Todd Gurley we kind of remember. I, yeah. And then the second half, it wasn't the same thing. He was better in the first half. I thought there were holes in the first half, but not the second half. And I, I, I've, I've said all along, he just does not look like the same guy. Oh, I think that's I, so I, evident I, I, in the receiving totals. Okay, like three yeah, catches for Adam, six yards. He's not making plays. Let's wrap up on Gurley, Dave, and then finish with the receivers, and we'll move on. I have a homework assignment for everybody that drafted Todd Gurley and has Todd Gurley. Watch the 49ers run defense on Monday night. If it worries you and you think it's a really good run defense, consider selling high on Gurley. He has four touchdowns in his last two games. I think it's pretty clear that he's touchdown dependent. I don't know how often he's going to play 93% of the snaps. We know exactly what his workload is going to be from game to game. I think it's a terrific time to sell high on Gurley 
knowing that two of his next three games are against teams that can do pretty well against the run, and then there's a buy in there on top of it. Gurley or Mixon, rest of season? I'm going to say Mixon. I'll still say Gurley just because that offensive line in Cincinnati is a disaster. Any thoughts on the wide receivers in this game? I, You know, I sat DK Metcalf. I don't regret it. If he's going to be a guy who has to rely on a 40-yard touchdown catch, then so be it. I, I don't have super... Yeah. Com- I'm not super confident. Bust, busted but. coverage. Yeah, big-time bust. But uh, he could have had two touchdowns. Russell missed him in the end zone on one throw. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Tyler Lockett, by the way, made a catch that was the most difficult catch in the last two seasons, according to it was uh, amazing. NFL statistics, at a 6.3% catch probability. Most improbable completion of the past two seasons. Um, but I don't know. Would you sell high on Tyler Lockett? Because Russell Wilson's had three games with less than 30 pass attempts, and Lockett has had two, four, and four targets in those games. Of course, he's caught two touchdowns. But, you know, just the, the volume for Wilson. Would you sell high on the passing game, I suppose, for Seattle? I would not. I think that the passing game is still going to be there for them. I think Russell and Tyler have proven. I'm on a first-name basis with these guys, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I think they've proven that they can be great despite that volume. We'd love to see them have more volume. And we have seen games where Russell Wilson has had to throw more than 30 times, and he can put up good numbers in those games as well. Schedule for Seattle is Cleveland, Baltimore, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, San Francisco. I, I think that those are all positive games for the passing game. You can sell high on these guys, but just understand that this is what they've been for two years now. Oh. I mean, this is basically what Tyler Lockett was last year. Wilson, I think, was like QB nine last year or something. Do you, what do you think about it? Because I think he's probably QB one right now. I think he was number three going into the week. He's always so one now. You could, you could, you could see what I you mean, could get just, for it, him. Well, where it would you have him? On, rest of season. It like, just depends on what your uh, top seven. I mean, you know, that's okay. top ten. You know, I mean, there, it, it's going to fluctuate between the top five or six guys. I think if you're able to flip him for something at another position, if you have another quarterback, there are probably several people that drafted Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott, you know, that combo. Right, right. So I, I think you can get by with the other guy. Um, you know, maybe Wilson was a second quarterback because as we saw with his average draft position, he started to go toward the back end of the number one group. So if you can flip him to the Roethlisberger or Breeze owner or Cam owner and you feel comfortable with the second, you know, if you have Brissett. For example, I think Brissett can get you by, not probably the same ceiling as Russell Wilson, but serviceable enough, and you're making some, you know, plugging some holes in the other position. So, yeah, and the same thing with Lockett. You know, if you have a good receiving core, it's not a bad idea to flip those guys. But but, but I I think Russell Wilson is deserves a little bit more credit than that. I don't know if you can get it in trade because I think a lot of people see what we see. Well, it, that it, volume just isn't there. It's, it's, but he it's just quarterbacks. keeps finding great numbers. It, it's quarterbacks, you know, so it's, it's always hard to trade that position. I agree. And, and it's the other side of it is, you know, like I traded for Russell Wilson prior to week four in a 10 team league where I had a ton of receivers. and I traded AJ Green because I was the cam owner and there were a lot of people in that league that deal. are carrying three quarterbacks because of mm-hmm. their own quarterback issues. So, you know, I, I was looking to sort of shore up a hole in a, in a shallower league. But I think if you're trying to unload Russell Wilson and you have a capable quarterback, you should be asking for a top 20 player at running back or wide receiver. Not a top 20 overall player, because I don't think you'll get that. There there are people out there that would hear the trade that you made and go, I can't believe that all you had to give up for Russell Wilson was A.J. Green. Mm -hmm. But what you said about the quarterback values being depressed, that's how it should be. Not everybody thinks that way, and we know that based on how people draft. So if people are going to overvalue the quarterback position and they're going to overpay for Russell Wilson, yes, take advantage. Yeah, I have a slightly different take because all of my quarterbacks are terrible. Uh, But... 
We will save that for another day. Your tweet of the we'll day. trade for Russell Wilson. I might have to. Your tweet of the day. We just made a trade. We just made a big trade. Yeah. Well, let's go to the tweet of the day. We made a trade in a two-quarterback Patrick Mahomes league. for Jimmy Garoppolo. Look at this horrible tweet by Heath. The worst tweet he's ever had. That's a good call. Clay knew the ball was out. Dumb. Dude, Heath, that was the worst call. That was not a penalty on Clay Matthews. It's clear as day. And then look at this reply from Richard Fitzwell. Is this Adam Azer? That's that's my reputation now. Heath says something dumb, and I get blamed for it. So you know what, Heath? You kept defending it. I know you're not on the show, but I'm going to talk at you anyway. You kept defending it. It was a bad tweet. It was a bad call. And for that, I say, and we move on. Uh, Ask FFT. That's the hashtag you need to be using this weekend. Hashtag Ask FFT. Make us the number one trending tweet or hashtag. Make us number one in the trends on Twitter. Ask FFT. We're doing a bunch of Q&As throughout the weekend starting on Saturday. Um, and uh, yesterday's show, guys, by the way, was an hour and 15 minutes long. For all of you listeners, to me, that's too long. We're going to try to get it down to an hour and five minutes. So that's my goal. But if you are you know, looking for specific subject matter, a game, you know, you've got a player in a certain game, you want to hear that preview, it may not be obvious to you. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I put time codes in the descriptions of every episode, so you can skip around and you can find the things that are most relevant to you. Um, you can, you know, you have to, I think, click something on the iPhone app to see the description. Just scroll down, whatever. But see the description. I put time codes in, time codes in to try to help you out. Uh, we've got a FanDuel contest. FanDuel.com/league/fft. And right now we got a few hundred spots remaining, so get in that. It's five dollars to enter. How do you get five dollars on FanDuel? Just like five free dollars. Well, what I would do is I would sign up on FanDuel. I would go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, our little special URL for you. FanDuel.com slash FFT. And I'd join and I'd make a twenty dollar deposit. And for four straight weeks, you will get five dollars in site credit. FanDuel is extremely fun. I made my lineup last night. I got a lot of Patriots in my lineup. I'll make a few more lineups just in case Tom Brady doesn't have to throw that much and that lineup is a total bust but if the Patriots have a big game I'm set up for success I like David Montgomery a lot if you watch our show uh, fantasy football today on HQ today you'll hear all of our favorite players on FanDuel so sign up for FanDuel go to FanDuel.com slash FFT get five dollars in site credit every week for four weeks if you make a twenty dollar deposit FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app news and notes Saquon Barkley has not been ruled out, and Tyreek Hill has not been ruled out. Do you think we'll see either Saquon or Tyreek Hill? Probably closer to Tyreek than Saquon. I mean, the Giants play Thursday against the Patriots, so it could just be one of those situations where they're ramping him up for that game. But, I mean, you watch him in the, in the videos, and it doesn't look like anything's wrong with him. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Right now, we're expecting no. Right now, are you not expecting Tyreek Hill to play? As of Friday morning, yes, not expecting him to play. But, you know, the fact that he's gotten two limited practices and, you know, they have until Sunday night, it, it, you know, gives him a couple extra hours. So it could be a situation where he's out there. All right. Sam Darnold could play this week. I, let's make this a do you expect segment. Sam Darnold. No. No. Josh Allen. No. I think there's a chance that he plays. As of now, you better have a backup plan ready to go. And uh, you probably shouldn't start Josh Allen anyway. We previewed the Chiefs-Colts game yesterday, but it looks like Damian Williams is going to play, which we knew. So tell me what you do with Damian, LaShawn, and Daryl Williams. Downgrade LaShawn, 
because there's another mouth to feed. So he's still a starter, but he's a mid-tier number two running back as opposed to a borderline number one where he was without Damian there. And Damian over Daryl, I don't know how much Daryl will play. I think Damian's a borderline flex. I'll be a little more bullish on LaShawn McCoy, who's played about half the snaps anyway, even without Damian Williams on the field. And this Colts run defense isn't very good, even with uh, Darius Leonard coming back this week. So I'll say that LaShawn McCoy is a top 12 running back. All right, Marlon Mack mispractice. Again, we previewed this yesterday, but real quick, which Colts running back would you take if Mack's out? Oh, I would take, take one. I would, I would take Wilkins. Uh, I, I gave Adam a stat this morning that the yards per carry, the Colts are the Colts. Chiefs. The Chiefs yeah. are allowing, which is like 5.9, was it? Uh, I, 5.8, I think. Yeah, in that range. It's the most yards per carry allowed for a team through the first four games of a season since 1970. And so yeah. if you're Frank Reich and you're game planning this, it's not a let's line up Naheem Hines and throw it to him 50 times to start the game. It's let's do what the Lions just did and lean on the running back of the running backs. So I think it'll be a Jordan Wilkins game to start. It may end up as a Naheem Hines game. I think both are kind of the same. Uh, but the touchdown potential certainly favors Jordan Wilkins if they're inside the red zone, uh, certainly near the goal line. And so I would lean on him more so than I would um, – with Marlon Mack. When I sent Adam that, I texted to him. He replied back. I, I want to make sure I get this right. <laughs> I, I I sent it to him this morning, and he replied back. Five O's. O O O O O. That's ooh. And then I don't even know. I, I don't even know how to say this. Uh, it's T H A N J A V U R. Tangiver. And then he wrote back. Is that the name of the new Thor movie? And he wrote back, or thanks, WTF. Yeah, I think, was, I, think Adam had, I think Adam had a stroke this morning. I don't know what happened, but uh, <laughs> thanks autocorrected to Thangiver. So uh, it's yeah. 5.87 <laughs> yards per carry. 5.87, yes. It's rest the of the se- news I'm sorry, sec- second worst yards per carry mark allowed in the first four weeks of the season. That's according to um, one of the Colts reporters. I apologize for not citing the I, uh, I, I would take Hines over Wilkins and PPR. Melvin Gordon. I think he'll catch a lot. This is what Anthony Lynn said about Melvin Gordon at Denver this week. Melvin Gordon will definitely be a part of the game plan, and he may even start. So uh, you, that's why you guys have Eckler ranked ahead of Gordon, right? Just I like Gordon better in non-PPR. Oh, non-PPR I think he's right. going to he, better chance to score. All right, here we go. Tevin I'll, Coleman, do you I'll expect take him? Eckler either way. Uh, yes. I think so, yeah. yeah. James Conner. He's got to practice Friday in order to get in. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Make sure that Jalen Samuels is not on waivers. It's just, he would be a monster. Do you have the ownership percentage on the top of your head? No. I'll get it right now. Jalen Samuels or LaShawn McCoy if Connor's 75%. Out. Oh, Samuels, and it's not close. I agree. What if Brandon Especially Williams, Brandon Williams play, What if he plays? It's closer, but I'd still take Samuels. Uh, T.Y. Hilton practiced. He, he might actually play. Devontae Adams not expecting him right now. Juju Smith-Schuster is expected to play through a toe injury. Terry McLaurin, do you expect him? It doesn't matter if he does. Right. It's the Patriots. They're going to wipe him out. Yeah. Get the little I, eraser and erase the F1 or McLovin <laughs> or whatever you're calling him these days. I agree, but if you yeah, actually look him. at McLaurin's first three games, he's he's had tough matchups. He scored against the Cowboys. The Bears. Who's the quarterback? Who's the quarterback, though? I I, I agree. That, that, I just want to point it out. Yeah. He's been good. No, no, he's he's done McLaurin. he's done well in some, in some negative situations. I, I would just say that you probably want to avoid him. 
Michael Gallup says his knee is fine, but he needs to mentally know that he can do it. So that's kind of a weird thing to say. We'll talk about that game and whether or not you can start Gallup. You should at least pick him up. Deshaun Jackson mispracticed. We're still not expecting him at the Jets. So you guys say there's no drama with Stephon Diggs. Uh, We're joking. Yeah. Oh, really? You guys were very convincing. We were? (laughs) Yeah. There's there's a ton of drama. Thanjavar for letting me know. That you were joking. There is a lot of drama. Are you going to start Stefan Diggs this week at the Giants? Yes. All right. Yes. Mike Williams practice again. Looks like he's going to play at Denver. Tyrell Williams could miss the game with a foot injury. Uh, London game against Chicago. Jalen Ramsey may not play due to a back issue. We'll preview that game today. Patriots signed Mike Nugent. Real quick, real quick, just on, on, on Tyrell Williams. I, I think some people that don't look at the schedule sometimes think the London game is always the first thing in the morning. It's a, it's a yeah. 1 o'clock Eastern kick. So you don't have to necessarily panic about looking at Tyrell Williams' status at 7 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, right. I wish it or were. Or he could li- be ruled out in advance of the game. Sure. And then you. But I'm just saying, like you know, if, if, if you're looking at it, the inactive and inactive list, it's not. Right. It's not the early, early, early game that we typically get in London. He didn't practice all week, so it doesn't look good, and it doesn't look good for Cleland Farrell, their rookie Cleland, defense. Right. Cleland or Cleland? I've nice heard Cleland. both. The Cleland show. I've heard both. Jets guard yeah. Kalecio Semele hurt his shoulder, which isn't great, going up against one of the best run defenses in football. C.J. Mosley for the Jets not expected to play. Taylor Luan is returning from suspension, and here's a stat from ESPN. Last season, Derrick Henry carried the ball to the left, which is Taylor Luan's side. He's their left tackle, for 5.8 yards per carry. That's uh, And so far this year, Derrick Henry is averaging 4.9 yards per carry right into the left, which is still really good, but it's almost a full yard worse uh, small sample size, as ESPN notes, but Taylor Lewan could help everybody in that offense. And uh, first practice yesterday for the Browns in advance of Monday night, their two top cornerbacks were missing. Right, uh, their safety, Morgan yeah. Burnett practice, though, so it looks like he's on the way back. Beat the waiver wire. I don't have much specifically for week six, uh, but I do think that the New York Jets, if you just think about what we thought about Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, and Chris Herndon will be back next week. They played one game this year with Darnold. It was against the Bills. We know what that means. Darnold already was feeling the effects of mono. Jamison Crowder had 14 catches in that game. Anderson didn't do anything. All I'm saying, I think you guys are going to agree, is that the Jets, they're very, very available. And you just think about how you felt about Robbie Anderson. You shouldn't be judging him based on one game with a six Sam Darnold against the Bills. So he's like 50% owned or something like that. Uh, yep. I get him and and the and uh, and Crowder's ownership Crowder. percentage is mixed up. But Crowder's worse. I think Crowder's under 50. He is. So they're available, and then I'll just run through some names, and you guys can also. Edo Smith and Jamal Williams are two running backs who are 34% owned or less. Edo Smith and Jamal yep. Williams, they could be earning bigger roles. Keep an eye on them. Um, Michael Gallup, 72%. Philip Dorsett, 67%. He has 16 targets in his last two games. And again, he struggled against the Bills. Big deal. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at the Rams. Matthew Stafford at Green Bay. They're very owned, but they could be all right next week. Maybe pick a San Francisco wide receiver that you like. They're all pretty available. Maybe coming out of the bye, they feature one of them. And I just couldn't really find a DST I like for next week. But The Redskins. The Re- that was the <laughs> They're at the Dolphins. Ooh. I don't know that they have the worst defense. Uh, I don't know the Dolphins are going to be able to do anything. But anyway, any other you just, names? You just got to wonder if the Dolphins are going to throw the game. <laughs> oh, man. The tank bowl is on. Hey. Yeah. 
Well, and, uh, we're going to have, speaking of the Dolphins, we're actually going to have Kenyon Drake on our show on Sunday, on his bye week. He's, uh, he's still working on Sunday, so he's coming into our, cool. our set at CBS Sports HQ. We're going to talk to him about what's going on with the Dolphins, if he thinks there's any hope for him <laughs> moving forward. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to it. So we're going to have an active NFL player on his bye week on CBS Sports HQ uh, in around 1230 Eastern. Do you guys think there's any point in picking up Ben Watson? He's got the Giants next week. And the Redskins. Um, if you have an open roster spot to play with, I would say somebody like him, Ricky Seals-Jones, um, you know, these tight ends that are either going to have a chance for some bigger roles. Christopher I, I, yeah, Herndon. Her, Herndon's at the top of the list by far. but Still out there in two-thirds of CBS Sports League. I think if you're in, you know, 14-team league, 16-team league, and those guys are available, you know, it's not a bad uh, spot to play with. Okay. I'll move on. Start, sit, or flex at best. For the last three games, we're going to preview, which is coming later on in the show. Jordan Howard at the Jets. I think he's good enough to start. Flex. Miles Sanders at the Jets. Flex. Flex at best. You prefer Howard? Yes. Yes. Uh, he's played more. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Gallman against Minnesota. Sit. Start. Jordan Howard or Wayne Gallman? Howard in non-PPR, Gallman in PPR. I'll take Howard either way. Jets wide receivers against the Eagles. The Eagles have allowed 100 yards to five wide receivers in four games. Who's the quarterback? It's an easy sit if it's not Darnold. Let's say Darnold plays. Flex at best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see what else we've got. Sterling Shepard against Minnesota. Flex at best. Sit. Golden Tate. Sit. sit. Adam Thielen. Must start. I'm feeling, feeling. <laughs> Stephon Diggs. Was, was that? That was singing? weird. I don't know. No, that was weird. All right. Uh, start. I would start Diggs. Uh, Philip Dorsett at Washington. Flex. Josh, Gor- Josh Gordon at Washington. For those of you listening on the show, I just flexed to the camera. Must start. Uh, I think he's a very good flex. The Patriots running backs at Washington. Uh, Michelle is a start in non-PPR. White is a start in PPR. Both are flexes in the other format. I think you can get away with starting both in PPR. White ahead of Michelle. Michelle in non-PPR. Because you think Michelle's going to score. I do. And Chris Thompson or James White? White. James White. Okay. Well, gave it some thought earlier today. It's time now for the Bonanza. Week one was the Saints-Texans. That means both teams are back on the board. But we're not going to use the Saints. But we are going to use the Texans. This week's Bonanza. This is a tough week, by the way. Tough, tough week. You know, could have been Cowboys-Packers, but no Devontae Adams. Not going to do that. Atlanta and Houston. Give us some points, baby. Pretty high total in Vegas. So that's your Bonanza, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, Devontae Freeman. Don't let me down. And by the way... I'm not held responsible for the crappiness of the Texans running backs. They are not included in this bonanza. Let's go to the so NFC. Wait, who is, who is, is, it, is this all a passing game? No, no. Right? Devontae Freeman. I need Devontae That's Freeman. That's the one? Yeah. So if, if Duke Johnson scores, are you taking credit? Of course. And Freeman, <laughs> yeah. and Freeman does nothing? Okay. No, no, no. No, Freeman's a requirement. Unless, like, okay. everybody's great and Freeman isn't. But Freeman is, is more or less a requirement. And what rank, about... Rank the receivers in the game. Right. Like, they, they should all get... Yeah. If they all so, fail, if they all fail, obviously. But like, 
How many are rank, allowed to fail with this banana? Rank the receivers. All you right, Julio, it, Calvin, uh, Julio, Hopkins, Hopkins, Julio, Hopkins, Julio, Calvin, <laughs> Fuller, Sanu. Yeah. That's PBR? All five of them any are going to go off. Any format. Uh, any no, format? four of the five are going to be good. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Let's I would take Sanu over Ridley, though, in PBR. I figured you uh, oh, over Ridley. I thought you were going to say over Fuller. Uh, yeah, um, it makes sense. Too. No, I think this is a big Fuller game. Yeah, I'm hoping it's I'm full, a big... I'm full of Fuller. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope You're he's... willing him to I hope he's good. I hope he's not as good as Stefan Diggs. Green Bay at Dallas. Stat of the game. In six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, no quarterback scored more than 25 fantasy points against the Cowboys all of last year or so far this year. Hard to really know how good the Cowboys' defense is. They faced Eli Manning, Case Keenum, Josh Rosen, and Teddy Bridgewater. But it was a good defense last year, and it's very similar personnel. Uh, and you guys have Rodgers outside the top 12. He doesn't have Devontae Adams. I don't know that we have to elaborate. Would you start Andy Dalton over Aaron Rodgers? No. Yes, 100%. Oh, wow. Uh, who else? He's had more. Start? He's had more eighteen-point games than Aaron Rodgers so far this season. He's been a better fantasy quarterback already. Yeah, but I guarantee you, if Andy Dalton faced the Vikings, Broncos, and Bears, we would not be saying that about Andy. He Dalton. might have eighteen points total. If he <laughs> um, agreed, defenses. but still, he's he's done what he has to do. Uh, if Devontae Adams were playing, you would obviously have Rodgers ahead of Dalton, right? I don't know, obviously, but yes, really? I would. But it'd be close. Okay. And I know Dave obviously would. Um, the Green Bay running backs. Starter sit against the Cowboys who allow the eighth, mo- eighth fewest fantasy points to running backs, but again, haven't really been tested except Barkley. Yeah, that's, game. That, that's the interesting one is they haven't been tested. So you could say they did a good job against Kamara, which they did. They struggled with Barkley who had, I think, 136 total yards and 11 touches. So close. Touches, 15 like touches, 11 carries, 139 mm-hmm. total yards. Yeah, so... And Gallman scored in garbage time in that game. So I, I think, you know, Aaron Jones is uh, is a starter based on what the volume will be. You know, we talk about Gurley being touchdown dependent. He's been so touchdown dependent outside of the Minnesota game, which was sort of weird that he had his best game against the Vikings. So I think, you know, just given the potential of Jamal Williams not being there and then probably not trusting Dexter Williams to be uh, a, a significant player in this game i think the volume will help aaron jones so i think he's a very good number two running back look for a lot of catches okay uh so talk to me about the the wide receivers here mvs and geronimo allison as of yesterday geronimo allison was only owned in 44 percent of leagues and i look it's a great opportunity here but it does really seem to be a good pass defense for the cowboys and they've been good against wide receivers so how much faith do you have in marquez valdez scantling and geronimo allison I think they're both number three receivers with MVS having a higher ceiling just based on his targets already being at a good level and and getting a a little bit of a bump. So Allison's a little bit more of a dart throw, but he's scored in two of his last three. And so, you know, look, Roger's going to improvise more more in this game than he has the the last few. You know, look at what he did last week, and I think that's what you're hoping for is that he's going to move around and sort of help help these guys, you know, sort of find their way open. Um, It's not not an easy matchup, so I, I don't think they're slam dunk must start guys but you know the the bump in in target share and the same thing with jimmy graham is what you're hoping for and so um volume is is going to be the thing that helps these guys and hopefully one of them if not both find the end zone you're you're starting valdez scantling for catches and yards just like jamie suggested i don't think the touchdowns are are a guarantee with him at all uh and he's been a he's been a big play guy that's pretty much been it so very feast or famine 
But without Devontae Adams there, the targets are going to go up. He's had four games with eight or more targets. He's given you at least 12 PPR points in three of them. So would you start MVS or Sterling Shepard? MVS. Yep. MVS or Aaron Jones, PPR? Jones. I think I have Jones higher. Okay. Because I think he's got a much better shot at scoring. And just just to say this, we, we skipped Jamal Williams, but he had 14 touches in week three. He got a touch on the first play from scrimmage in week four and got hurt. If you're desperate, he might get 14 touches. You know, you never know. Uh, Jimmy, if he plays. It, yeah, if he plays. If he plays. Jimmy Graham, starter sit. Start. He's a, he's a low-end starter. I think it depends on who you have, who you're comparing him to. Like, I, if, if I had the chance of playing him over Delaney Walker, I would. Um, yep. I'd play him over OJ Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, PPR, I still like Jack Doyle better, even if T.Y. Hilton plays. But, you know, he's in that, you know, 8 to 10 range of, uh, you know, a number one tight end this week. You just got to hope that what we saw at the end of last week's game is, is what's going to happen. He's going to see nine targets. And heard, they keep him involved. Eifert or Graham? Um, I, I'll take Graham over, yeah, I take all, him the, over all the guys that you picked up. And I, I would take him over Doyle because I think the targets are going to be there. I think Rodgers looks for him. I think that he likes that big target and big body, both in the red zone and on key third downs. And I think that's what the Packers are going to try and do is just body him up and play a little basketball with their power forward tight end. He can post up, catch a high ball, and move the chains or score a touchdown. Dak Prescott or Aaron Rodgers? Dak. Dak, but I don't love either guy. Like, neither one are in my top five or top seven. Yeah, Prescott's right around 10th for everybody. Packers have a good pass defense, and, and you, this should be a good game for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, but, you know, you saw a monster game they, for Zeke. they weren't right. They weren't getting to the quarterback last week, the Packers uh, against Wentz. And Wentz kind of picked them apart a little bit. So, you know, we'll see. But Prescott right. is there's no Tyron Smith for right for Dallas. And that was a big problem late in the game last week against New Orleans. All right. So how about this? Right. Green Bay allows the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, we've had Robinson, Thielen, Diggs, Sutton and Jeffrey. All have eight to ten fantasy points in non PPR. That's really not that good. That's outside the top twenty in three of the first four weeks. The eight to ten non PPR fantasy points, and they didn't have a lot of catches. So I know you're going to start Amari Cooper. I'm avoiding him in Fanduel. Would you? You know, you have to start Cooper, but Gallup, I yeah. guess, is the question. Like, you want to wait and see and just kind of stash him this week? Yeah, I, I don't think you want to start him yet because, like you said, you know he's. He doesn't know how much he could trust his knee. He was saying earlier this week he hasn't really opened up yet in terms of his running. He said he can cut, but, you know, going full speed. So it sounds like a guy that's going to be on a limited snap count. You know, he's coming back from an injury that was given a two- to four-week timetable. I think he's one week ahead of that. And so my guess is he feels good enough to play. Probably won't play his usual amount of snaps. Probably won't see a ton of targets. Um, And this is a team that's looking at January. You know, so I don't think they want to risk him, you know, re-injuring himself when they clearly missed him last week. So... He'll uh, he'll probably be out there on some key spots, you know, red zone, third downs, um, you know, I, I would imagine, you know, other spots as well. But uh, I I don't think fantasy players should plan on him. Certainly not in daily. I think if you're if you're if you're considering him, you've got to expect something in the neighborhood of five for sixty. Okay. I think that that and maybe even four for sixty, just because the playing time could be reduced. I don't think it's going to be so bad that he's barely out there. But they need Hard to that. say they need him. I don't think they trust Devin Smith. All right, no. so J- Jason Witten's last... That's Michael Gallup we've been talking about. Jason Witten is outside the... He's 15th for Jamie, 14th in PPR. He's he's like 15th overall. So, you know, hopefully you don't have to start Jason Witten. 
don't start the Packers DST and the the Cowboys DST could probably do better. They're 11th for Jamie, 11th for Dave, and 12th for Heath. Our next game is going to be Jacksonville at Carolina, but not until I tell you about Honey. Join honey.com slash FFT. It is incredibly easy to put on your computer and it will save you money. Honey is a free browser extension that saves you money everywhere you shop online. So I just used it to buy a, a, little, a little Yankees onesie for, uh, for my son. Hopefully it arrives today before the game. By the way, I think the Twins are going to be the Yankees. But join Honey. Save me a little bit of money. <laughs> Almost every time you shop, you know, every time you shop, you get a notification from Honey if there are coupon codes or ways to get discounts on something. It's just so easy. So you go to joinhoney.com slash FFT. With two clicks, it's on your computer, and you're basically getting free money. You don't have to do anything after that. Uh, the, the reviews are just sensational. Over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. And Time Magazine, like I said, calls Honey, quote, basically free money. Over 10 million people are already, already saving money with Honey. So you need to join them. No reason not to use it. It's free. Installs on your computer in two clicks. It'll save you money so you can treat yourself to something nice. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash FFT. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. Well, we are up against the end of our video studio time, guys. So we can either do Jacksonville, Carolina in three minutes, or we can take a break, move to the audio room, and then do Jacksonville, Carolina. Your call. Let's do it. Let's go right now. Here we go. Take a break. No, I'll go with Dave's suggestion. Uh, Gardner Minshew has actually done very well against Tennessee, Denver. Not very well, but well. Uh, do you think he yeah. gets to 20 or 21 fantasy points, which is where he's been at in three or four games against this very good Carolina pass defense? No. I think he falls just short of it, but I think he can get you fairly close. I'd say under 15. Ooh. Cousins or Minshew? Cousins. Cousins. All right, Leonard Fournette, top 10 in both formats. Um, Carolina without Kawan Short, they... They're beat up on both sides. The Panthers are beat up on both sides of the ball, by the way. Okay. Their offensive line is in some trouble in this game. I know we're not necessarily talking about that right now, but their defense also has some pretty significant injuries. Well, does that give you hope then? Obviously, we're going to start Fournette, but does that give you hope for DJ Chark or D.D. Westbrook? Uh, Because the Panthers have just been so good against wide receivers. Yeah, they've, uh, it was, um, why am I blanking on the names? Who, who the they've top played? Top three receivers that, the, yeah, Brandon Cook Chris Godwin had a good game, but God. what, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, no, so Evans, Cup, Evans, Evan Kirk, and Cooks. Hopkins. Cup, yeah, Evans, Cup, Evans, Cook, and Hopkins had 61 or yeah. fewer yards. 10 PPR points or less for Hopkins, Cooks, and Evans. Gardner Minshew doesn't care about that stuff. He's just going to continue to rifle downfield to DJ Chark. Chark has nine deep ball targets through four games this season. He's got at least one end zone target in every game this season. He should have a touchdown in every game this season. He had one called back last week. I know the coverage is going to be bad for for Chark, and I know that the quarterback situation isn't great for Jacksonville, but I still think he's too talented of a player to just completely wipe out of your of your lineup. You can consider other options. I think he's a low-end number two wide receiver. I would take toilet paper and wipe him out. <laughs> would you take Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Geronimo Allison over DJ Chark? I would. Uh, maybe in PPR I'll take Valdez-Scantling, but not non-PPR. All right, and then on the other side of the ball, we're going to sit Kyle Allen. We're going to start Christian McCaffrey. Um, and Carolina wide receivers, interested? So in, in two it's, games with Kyle Allen, Curtis Samuel has seven targets in both games. DJ Moore has seven total targets. 
It's uh it's an interesting game because if Jalen Ramsey is out, we saw what Joe Flacco was able to do against that secondary and that defense. And it's the first game since Jalen Ramsey's been part of the Jaguars that they've allowed over 300 yards passing. Uh, I'm sorry. Second game they've allowed over 300 yards passing. I believe I have that right. Because Mahomes went for 300 against them. Mm. Um, and those receivers were great. I mean, Sanders and, and Cortland Sutton were great. So you so, started these guys? I don't know if you're starting them, but it's certainly an upgrade to both of them if, yeah. in fact, that Ramsey's out. Because Boye has not played very well. And this this is a, an opportunity for them to get those guys going a little bit. Now, it's still going to be tough because the pressure is going to be on him. And, and Kyle Allen, I think, and the Panthers are just going to try and sort of manage the game and, and lean on Christian McCaffrey as much as they can because you know, you've seen that with his, his usage the last couple of games. So it's not starting both these guys, but I think, you know, like I have more right around 30. I'd probably put him up a couple spots and, and same thing with Samuel. I think Samuel's better. The targets have been there, as you said, Adam. And whoever doesn't get covered by A.J. Boye has the better chance because Trey Herndon got uh, targeted like crazy by Joe Flacco. They might have to bench him and go with somebody else just so it's not so obvious what they do. But uh, Boye will try and take out one of these guys. I don't know if Boye can run with Curtis Samuel. So it could be a win for Samuel either way. They're risky. They're flexes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Greg Olson, do you have confidence in him this week after a dud last week? Yep, top 10. Yeah, I start Graham over him. All right, um, so so far the Jaguars allowed three for 88 to Kelsey, seven for 64 to Walker, and Noah Fant scored a touchdown, so it might not be a bad matchup. Not Maybe not great, but not bad for Greg Olson. Jacksonville DST is 12th for Jamie and 9th for Dave. Carolina DST is 7th for Jamie and 14th for Dave. Both are in play here, and that will do oh, it. They've been, they've been amazing. They've been absolutely amazing in terms of what they've been doing again after the quarterback. And Minshew was sacked five times last week by Denver. Oh, Carolina. How yeah, healthy, yeah. How healthy we gotta, will we gotta, they be? We gotta, okay, yeah, keep an eye on that. we got to end this portion. We can come back to it if we need to. Uh, video crew, thank you for getting us up and running today. Keep watching on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football today. Don't worry. Well, we're not missing anything here. Arizona, Cincinnati, after this real quick break on FFT. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Well, here's a fun one. Arizona at Cincinnati. Your stat of the game, Tyler Eifert leads Cincinnati in red zone targets, and Auden Tate is second. And in the green zone inside the 10-yard line, Eifert with three ca- three targets, Mixon with two, Bernard with one. The only players with a target inside the 10-yard line. And your other stat of the game, tight ends facing the Cardinals have finished number one, number one, number one, and number four in non-PPR, and top two every week in PPR. So, Tyler Eifert, starter set. Start. I think he's a... I think he's got the better opportunity than Uzama in this offense because I think Uzama is the better blocker. And Eifert can block, but he's just, they ask him to do more, I believe, as a route runner. I don't have the data to officially back that up, but it's just what I've gathered on years of watching Eifert play. Okay. Um, we'll compare him to some other play. Well, you know, you, Witt, you'd start him over Witten or no? Not over Graham. I wouldn't start him over Graham. I would start him over Witten. 
that's easy. I'd start Eifert over Delaney Walker. I'd start him over O.J. Howard. What about Doyle? Uh, I would start Doyle over him. I would too. Why are you so down uh, on Delaney? I've got, I've got Eifert right at 12. If T.Y. Hilton plays, I'd start Eifert. Why are you so down on Delaney Walker, Jamie? Uh, the Bills last year were the best against fantasy tight ends. They are uh, in the discussion. It's too small of a sample size for me to say they're the best, but they're they're certainly up there. And their defense is good. I don't think that this is a game where the Titans are chasing points. So that's when we've seen uh, Walker as the best. And we've seen the Titans start to incorporate A.J. Brown just a little bit more into their offense. That's somebody who could take away over the middle targets from Delaney. Okay, uh, let's go to the quarterbacks here. Which quarterback do you like better, Kyler Murray or Andy Dalton? Murray. Murray, slightly. Okay, and they're both uh, they're both in play here. I mean, I know David is not feeling it with Dalton. But for Jamie... Where you have Murray ten, right? And where do you have Dalton? Twelve. So Kyler Murray just hasn't been very good. Uh, but Cincinnati allows the fourth most passing yards per attempt. They do, however, see the fewest attempts in the NFL, which is weird. Yeah, M- Murray. Everybody scores on them. I know. I know Murray hasn't been good as a NFL quarterback, but he has twenty or more fantasy points, two out of four. And he's starting to run the ball a little bit more. And after what the Steelers did with their wildcat to the Bengals, I wonder if the Cardinals try and do the exact same thing with Murray and David Johnson. And they just have those guys hit the edges and test those slow linebackers for Cincinnati. Maybe this is the week we see the real Arizona offense. I hope so. Cincinnati has four preseason games and four regular season games. We've yet to see the real... Cardinals. Oh, maybe we have seen the real Cardinals. I, I, yeah, that's what I'm worried about is that maybe we have seen it. I would prefer if Christian Kirk were playing, but it doesn't look like he's going to go. So don't know if this will be exactly the same type of offense because they're, they're actually a little thin at receiver. Okay. I think they lean real heavy on David Johnson. Yeah. Here's a beat the waiver wire guy for you, Keyshawn Johnson. All right. Uh, Cincinnati, terrible against pass-catching running backs, Dave. They've allowed three touchdowns and three players to have six or more catches, three players to have 57 or more yards. So uh, David Johnson could thrive there. Larry Fitzgerald, start or sit? How would you compare him to the Packers wide receivers, uh, DJ Chark, some of the guys we've already talked about? Way ahead of all those guys. Yes. Okay, so so basically a must-start. Yes. Um, Would you start him over another guy that I know we like, Allen Robinson, who's at the Jets? Yes, but I like Robinson a lot, too. Would you start Larry Fitzgerald or Aaron Jones as a flex? I'd start Larry Fitzgerald. I believe I would go with Fitzgerald, especially in PPR. We debated Andy Dalton yesterday, but we've been all over the we're all over the map, I guess. Heath has him seventh, Jamie twelfth, Dave seventeenth. And um I don't know how much more I want to get into it. Obviously the Cardinals suck. They allow the second highest passer rating in the NFL. Um, but you know It's such a great situation for Dalton. If he had John Ross, I just like who that who is he going to throw to? Is Auden Tate good? I mean, I know he's going to get targets. He's big. That's what he's got going for him. Here's the he, thing. Is, he is humongous. Every he's team like Kelvin Benjamin. That I mean, the Cardinals they're, they're not going all season between Boyd and Tate not scoring touchdowns. So one will score this week. And I think, I think it will, we'll see one of the tight ends find the end zone just because the Cardinals are so bad. And then we saw Mixon find the end zone on a reception two games ago. So I think Dalton will be right around 302. I think that every team they face... I'll say this, he's going to be better than Jared Goff. Well, I don't know that he'll play better, but he might outscore him. But um, I, but every team that, that the Cardinals have faced has had a good tight end. Hawkinson, Andrews, Olsen, Disley. 
this is the worst tight end they've faced. And what that means to me is like they're they the Cardinals get up the twelfth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. But I don't really buy it, guys, because I just think that the other teams have been able to lean on their tight ends. So I you know, that's a number that doesn't scare me that twelfth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers when it comes to Auden Tate. Obviously you're gonna start Tyler Boyd. But I, I, how do you I feel think about Tate? The whole key is can the Cardinals pass rush get to Andy Dalton? And this is the only area of the Arizona defense that's been competent. I guess their run defense has been okay too, but Terrell Suggs, Chandler Jones, they can draw pressure, and the offensive line is a real problem for Cincinnati. Same offensive line that helped them go for 402 against the Seahawks. You know, so it's Which was fluky. I, well, so I mean, many of those numbers were it's, you know, it's, the flea flicker it, and then that. John Ross. Still, still numbers. I know. And, John and, and Ross. Again, his first three games, he, what do you have, 18 against Buffalo? That's a, that's a minor miracle. For him to do that. All right, so Auden Tate um, or Packers, guys. I would go MVS, Tate, Allison. I believe that's how I have so it. So you have, you know, Auden Tate, 16 targets in the last two games with Ross healthy. He got hurt in, in week four. And Ross is averaging eight targets per game. So unless, um, was Damian Willis? Damian Willis or Alex Erickson. Yeah, you know, if one of those two guys step up, that certainly be the case. You know, maybe we see a little bit more action in the passing game for Uzama, who I don't think has caught a pass since week one. Um, Eifert's been basically five targets per game, so maybe that's a couple of targets in his direction. But most likely it's going to be a lot to Tate and a lot to Boyd. And those two guys should have a chance against this defense. I'm with you, Adam. I don't think their numbers against receivers are indicative of how bad they could be without Patrick Peterson for another week. Or another two games, two, two week games. five and week six. Yep. So it's a, it's a spot for them to win. It's a spot for Dalton to lean on those guys, and I think he's going to have success. All right, we're Dalton's done with a that great game. daily play. Tampa Bay, daily. Tampa Bay is at New Orleans. Um, I'm talking too much here, so in order to get us to that minute and five mark, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Starter sit Jameis Winston. I'm starting him. I, I don't believe that the Saints defense is as good as the numbers say they were in the matchup against Dallas last week. I think they're good, and certainly they're better at home, but Jameis just has been playing so well. The receivers are making huge plays for him, and I'm starting to get the feeling that this could be an O.J. Howard week. I think that this could be an area that the Bucks start to incorporate against those linebackers for, for New Orleans. Jameis or Kyler Murray, Andy Dalton? Jameis. Uh, Jameis, but it's close. Okay. Would not so. be surprised that both guys in that Bengals Cardinals game outscore. Can you trust a Tampa Bay running back this week? Specifically no. Jones. I would I would lean against it if you could. Some people just can't. Figure seventy total yards max for Ronald Jones. Yeah. There were um there were ten running backs who had thirteen or more carries against the Saints last year. Only one had seventy rushing yards. That was Ezekiel Elliott and he had twenty three carries. That I picked the number thirteen because that's Jones has been about 13 to 16 carries, 13 to 19 carries. But it's going to be hard based on last year and his workload. Based on the Saints' run defense last year and Jones's workload this year, it's going to be very hard for him to reach 70 rushing yards. Only one running back has had over 70 against New Orleans this season. This season? Yeah. Uh, and, that was, and that was before they got their best defensive tackles, Sheldon Rankin's back. Right, the great Carlos Hyde. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, guys. Uh, start, start them both? You have to. Uh, it, it's going to be a challenge for Evans because he'll see Marshawn Lattimore, but Evans is Evans had a tough matchup last week. How do you do? Yeah, he has not been great in this last four games against the Saints. Um, nope. Lattimore, the, the last game against the Saints in New Orleans, he was awesome. Yeah, but it was Fitzpatrick who was throwing him the football. 
by the way, the the Chris Collinsworth said on the broadcast on Sunday night that Lattimore does better against better players because he was having a bad year, and then he really shut down Amari Cooper. So do you have Goblin ahead of Evans this week? Yes, ahead of him every week. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, O.J. Howard or Tyler Eifert? So I have Eifert right higher for now. Yeah, you you it's uh, you can buy into that matchup. It's just easier to do. It's so hard. You have to have some serious cojones to to go with OJ Howard this week. Maybe easier to do in FanDuel than in in a seasonal league. But if you're stuck and OJ Howard's your only choice, I don't think you have to panic at the waiver wire and find somebody who you've never heard of and hope that they get 40 yards. I think OJ Howard can get you at least that. Oddly enough, that is also how I feel about Jared Cook because Tampa Bay is the second worst team against tight ends. So if you're gonna yeah, be, but you just yeah, you have no idea what his role is. Well, gonna be I mean, I'm just saying, if you're gonna pick up a bad tight end, you might as well pick up one who has a great matchup, and that is Jared Cook. That's not an endorsement of him. It's just wasn't he outplayed by Josh Hill last week? He was. Um, I, I OJ Howard over both those guys. Yeah, He's, yeah, yeah. I just all right, it, it, all right, fine. I just want to point out it's a good matchup. All right, here we go with the Saints. Sit Bridgewater, right? It's two guys. Yeah, and I'm getting away from Kamara and Daly because the Bucks do have a great run defense. And he's super expensive. And he's had two bad games in his last three. Um, like we're, we're, we're one bad game away from having to talk about Alvin Kamara. And that's pretty much it for this game. Michael Thomas, yes, and that's, that is it. Thomas could have a monster game. Six wide receivers have had 82 monster. or more yards against Tampa Bay. That's a lot. All right. Um, we've got three games left. Patriots at Redskins. I don't know if you want to go to this game, but if you do, you want to go to you want to go to SeatGeek. I've been on SeatGeek with disappointing results because the Yankees Twins game is just too expensive. But if I were going to go, believe me, I'd go with SeatGeek. Uh, I checked I checked one other site and SeatGeek had better prices. I don't know why I did it for the sake of this read, so I can tell you that SeatGeek has better prices. But I don't even need to do that anymore because I know I know I've used SeatGeek so much. I know I'm getting great deals on SeatGeek because they they're not just one website with one source of tickets. They go and they get bring in millions of tickets for all their events into one place. They search multiple sites. They find great deals for you, and they rate the deals. You can see the best bargains on SeatGeek very, very easily. Download the SeatGeek app. You can save 10 bucks on your first SeatGeek purchase, 10 bucks off with the promo code FFT. So, again, download that SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FFT. Great, great app for tickets, concerts, comedy, theater, uh, whatever you want to see, obviously sports. SeatGeek's the app. FFT's the promo code. New England at Washington. Uh, stat of the game, running back has four to five catches against the Patriots in all four games. Chris Thompson should get that, and he is the number two, number 22 running back in PPR, second most receiving yards at the position. He's just a solid, solid flex for sure in PPR. Uh, all right, so Tom Brady. I've got so much FanDuel Tom Brady, and Edel, like I just, I, I'm going big on it, but I could see a scenario where they don't need much from him. So how do you rank Brady this week? You still start him. You still expect good numbers from him. Somebody said, well, how can you start Tom Brady if the Patriots are up 21 nothing and they just lean on their run game for the rest of the game? Well, how did they get to 21 nothing? Now, yeah. is it possible that it's a defensive touchdown, a Sony Michelle rushing touchdown, and a Brandon Bolden <laughs> random guy touchdown? I mean, that's all possible, but I think you, you buy into Brady in this matchup against the Redskins. Their pass rush isn't that good. Their secondary has let up some huge numbers. Josh Norman has already given up four touchdowns this year. It's week five. <laughs> He's given up four touchdowns already. So to me, Brady is an easy start. You just put him in and you don't worry about it. Yeah, I love Josh Gordon this week. I think he goes for 100 and a touchdown. 
And Brady, I think they want to get him going yeah, too. He has yeah. 18 targets in his last two games. Dropped a touchdown recently. I, I they need to start to kind of establish him in their offense a little bit more. Right. So Brady is coming off one of his worst games ever. That's why I'm I'm, I'm hoping for a statistical bounce back. You guys have him top six. We talked about the Patriots running backs earlier. We're going to avoid Burkhead. I don't think he's a terrible stash. I know he had one touch last week. I have to think that was injury related, but he's 60 percent. He's owned. still banged up in practice too. Uh, he's 60% owned. Michelle's been horrible, 2.8 yards per carry. But Michelle in non-PPR, White in PPR. Dave thinks Michelle's going to score, so he, you know could be good in PPR as well. Um, that's the Patriots running backs. And then we're starting Edelman, and, and then Gordon. Gordon, like you talked about liking uh, jo- uh, Larry Fitzgerald a lot. Would you start Gordon or Fitzgerald? I'd start Gordon in non-PPR. I'd start Fitzgerald in both. All right. And then what about Dorsett? He's uh, not I think too he's far behind Gordon. He's uh, he's the third receiver to trust of this team, but I think if you're looking at it in comparison to the Giants guys and the Packers guys, I'd start MVS over him, but I'd start him over everybody else. Okay, and I'd then, start Shepard over him in PPR. Yeah, not me. Uh, Washington actually has not been that bad against tight ends, so if you want to gamble on Watson, it doesn't appear to be a great matchup they held Ertz and Ingram to 54 yards they did allow a touchdown to Witten uh Washington just Thompson Thompson is a flex that's it right McLaurin is a flex if he plays I would avoid all Redskins you don't think Thompson is his typical five catches 50 yards whatever yeah but that could be it yeah but he's the number 20 he's the number 22 running back in PPR you know yeah, I just I, I it's ten PPR points. Consider your other options. And he's been under ten in two of four. Two of his last three. And he's been over twelve in two of four. So yeah, it's he's, I mean again, if, he's, if you he's need to start, start him, I would try to avoid him if you can. Okay. Patriots DST is number one overall for everybody. Minnesota at the Giants, stat of the game in Sterling Shepard's three healthy games. He has a twenty two percent target share. Evan Ingram has a twenty five percent target share. Here comes Golden Tate, and we don't know what this offense is going to look like. Uh, are there any Giants that you are comfortable starting this week? Gallman based on volume, and Ingram's a must. Would you? I s- think it's only Ingram, and even that one, I'm not loving the matchup. Vikings, I'm just dealing Vikings with it because it's a tight end with be, huge potential. I don't think they're great against tight ends. It seems to be a, maybe a vulnerability for them. Uh but whatever. Like, if you have Evan Ingram, I can't imagine you're like you can't imagine you're sitting. But would you start maybe Darren Waller over Evan Ingram? No, Waller's playing the Bears. That's even worse. Okay. Yeah, PPR is close. So Shepard and and Tate, we're gonna avoid. He's kind of high on Shepard. He has him 14th in PPR and 24th in non PPR. I don't know. <laughs> you guys don't. So Gallman or Chris Thompson. I'll take Gallman. Gallman. Gallman or Sony Michelle? I think I asked uh, you. That. I'm I'll take Sony Michelle yeah. and non PPR. I asked you that already. I, I mean, I think Gallman's safer in PPR because Gall- of the catches. But Gallman Gallman showed you last week that he will get the same touches that Saquon Barkley got. He will not be as good with those touches, but he will get the same touches. And so, any running back getting that type of volume, especially in the passing game, you trust in PPR. How about Kirk Cousins here? And where do you have him ranked against a really bad Giants defense? I think this will be his best game, but that's not saying much. I have um, him 16th. So, I mean, he's behind Brissett. He's behind Dalton. He's behind Kyler Murray. He's uh, ahead of um, Baker. 
there's only one of those names that I disagree with, and you know which one it is. Yeah, it's a mistake. It's not a mistake. I think this is a great setup for Kirk Cousins. The Giants' pass rush isn't good. Their secondary busts all over the place. And the receivers are complaining that they're not throwing enough. This is perfect storm for Kirk Cousins. Oh, I agree. I just consistently think Dalton, beats Dalton's up situation on bad is much teams. better. I don't think it's much better. I know they better. both They both have great matchups on the table. One of them has a good offensive line and great receivers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that the, the Cardinals and the Giants' pass defenses are, are pretty comparable, it seems. Um, and then, do you think the do you think the Vikings blow the Giants out? Because if you do, then you might get like 12 touches from Alexander Madison, you know, for people in 14-team leagues or defense. If it was at home, I'd agree with you. They have not been very good on the road. Right. I think the spread's like five and a half. All right, so Thielen's a must-start. Stefan Diggs, is he a top-20 guy this week? He is for me. No. Um, I, I think this is much more of a feeling game than a Diggs game, and uh, Diggs is is way more riskier of the two. He is more riskier of the two, so I, he's I a he's he a borderline can, starter. I think he can get you double digits in non PPR. So Diggs or Dorsett? Diggs. Diggs. Any interest in a Minnesota tight end? Nope. Great. Any interest in a New York Jet? Le'Veon. Yeah. Yeah. So. Darius Geis, Devontae Freeman, Carrion Johnson, and Aaron Jones all had uh, double-digit carries against the Eagles and averaged two yards per carry or less. And the Jets just lost an important offensive lineman. So I know you have to start Le'Veon Bell, and I'm always excited to start Le'Veon Bell, but not in daily, not for me. Uh, no. It's our last game here, Jets and Eagles. And is it basically start him, sit him? Start all Eagles, sit all... Well, no, it's not... Yeah. Kind you of. still have to address the running backs. We we did earlier, but sure, let's do it again. Because Wentz, I know you guys like a lot. Wentz or Brady? Wentz. Carson. Yeah. H- Howard you like more than Sanders, and then just tell me who you'd start Howard over. And maybe some wide receivers. Like, would you start Howard or Diggs? I'll take Diggs. Uh, I'd start Howard and non-PPR, Diggs and PPR. So Howard has a slight edge over uh, Miles Sanders when it comes to playing inside the two-yard line. Those goal line touchdowns have favored Jordan Howard. He's had more opportunities. Sanders doesn't even have a carry inside the two yet yeah, this year. Yeah, I think it's a big edge. Howard has um, a few more red zone snaps and touches than Miles Sanders is. Um, and, and I don't know if, uh, if that Jets defense is going to come around just because Quinton Williams is back. That offensive line that the Eagles have is going to be the toughest one that the Jets have seen this season. So I, I'm okay with Jordan Howard. I wouldn't have 100 yards as an expectation for him, but I think he can score. So he's a low end number two running back in non PPR. You know, earlier today I was talking, I kept saying Allen Robinson and I meant to say Alshon Jeffrey. They are like the same player to me. And I feel like they're ranked similarly, right? Or well, one scores touchdowns, one catches a high volume of passes. But <laughs> yes, they feel like the same guy. Yeah. Jeffrey though is top 24. You know, he's a good low end number two starter. Um, and Zach Charles Robinson in PPR. Right. Exactly. Like they've, I, all the questions I said, this guy or Allen Robinson, I meant Alshon Jeffrey. They're, they're more or less ex, ex, uh, interchangeable. Um, Eagles DST, how much do you like them? Uh, if Luke Fox starts, they're top three. If Sam Darnold starts, they're top ten. So, Works for me. I think we missed an hour five, but we didn't miss by much. So we're getting better. But you forgot one game. Oh, crap. Well, can it's we do a quickly, headset Jamie? toss game. Got to go back. <laughs> Dave, uh, I, I got to say uh, to all the listeners, uh, what was I saying? Uh, for say li- that I on Fantasy Football is oh, going to yeah. be live 10 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Radio. 
Ben Javar for listening, everybody. For Dave Don't and Jamie, to I'm Adam. On Saturday night. CBS Sports Radio and Series Channel 206. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.